You are listening to the new Mutual Audio Network. Welcome home. Following audio drama is rated PG for parental guidance. The Sonic Summerstock Playhouse. Once again, the Sonic Summerstock Playhouse brings you classic theatre adapted and performed by some of the very best audio players from around the world. So without further ado, here's your host for this week's show. How much is this going to suck? But, I don't know. I, I mean, I hope, well, it, it won't. I mean, why you make me look bad in front of Broken Sea, Matty? Thanks a lot. I try. Ugh, you give a man one asylum DVD. Try a dozen and still growing. Ugh. I'm not going to hear the end of that, am I? Never. I'm never going to hear the end of Titanic 2. No. Nor Annalise. No. Nor Gacy House. No. All the Joseph Lies. Even if it's only two, that's two too many. May? Sido. <laughs> Sorry, my reaction to the Z word now comes with a physical response. Deal with it. Ugh, totally worth it. Oh, just shut up and sit down, the show's starting. Hey there, I'm Brian Bokikio, and you're about to hear an OTR recreation of the X1 episode, The Cold Equation. It's an adaptation of the science fiction short story, The Cold Equations, by Tom Godwin. The story was first published in Astounding Magazine in 1954, and it's been adapted several times for radio and television. And now the internet, I suppose. So grab a snack, a favorite beverage, and probably a tissue or two. You'll probably need all three. It's a tragic tale of hope and despair. Countdown for blast off. X minus five, four, three, two, X minus one, fire! From the far horizons of the unknown come transcribed tales of new dimensions in time and space. These are the stories of the future, adventures in which you'll live a million could-be years on a thousand maybe worlds. The National Broadcasting Company, in cooperation with Street and Smith, publishers of astounding science fiction, presents... X-1! Tonight's story, The Cold Equation. There is no margin of safety along the rim of a frontier. There can't be any until the way is made for those who come later. Until then, the penalty for mistakes is a grim one. The laws of physical nature operate with irrevocable certainty, with no room for mercy, kindness, or sentimentality. In space, life becomes a cold equation, and the equal sign is often followed by death. 
I know I'm the pilot of an EDS. Come in. You sent for me, Commander? Yes. Sit down, Barton. We just got an ED from the Territorial Space Station on Woden. Uh, Woden. That's in the Crab Nebula, isn't it? That's right. There are two exploration parties there on Manning's Continent. Eight men each. Mm-hmm. They've got Kala fever in one of them, and no serum. Oh, and I thought this was going to be a nice, quiet passenger run. Computers are working out your payload and your course right now. In exactly ten minutes, we'll drop into normal space and launch your ship. I'll get her ready. One thing. What's that? Woden is at the maximum pay limit for an EDS. Figuring the weight of the serum, we'll be able to give you just enough fuel to land on Manning's Continent if you make it in the first pass. Otherwise, you'll burn out in midair. Mm-hmm. Standard procedure. Report to launching control. Right. Good luck, Barton. Thanks. Oh, and by the way... Yes? When can I expect to be picked up? We'll make a stop on the run back to Earth sometime next year. You'll be notified by radio. Okay. Sorry we can't make it sooner. Ha! <laughs> That's what happens when you sign up for EDS work. I'll see you next year, Commander. Down in the belly of the Stardust, the crew was working like beavers to get the EDS, the emergency dispatch ship, ready. Mechanics and technicians were swarming all over the place. Girls in inspector's uniforms were checking gauges and the supply cabinet. Nine minutes later, the exact course was in the computer. The serum was stowed in my supply cabinet closet, and the little EDS 4G3 was ready to be born into space. Martin? Yes, sir? All set. I'm turning you over to traffic. Ready. Traffic control, come in. EDS 4G3. 20 seconds, lock open. 20 seconds, lock open. 15 seconds, space drive on. Space drive on. 10 seconds, gravity neutralizer on. Neutralizer on. 5 seconds, 5 seconds, 4, 3, 2, one. Blast off. I don't remember how long it was afterward that I first noticed something wrong. Maybe an hour, maybe two. There was nothing to show it except the needle in the heat gauge. It was on zero when I left the stardust, and now I noticed that it had crept up toward the 30 mark. That meant something inside the ship was radiating heat. That something was in the supply closet, and it was alive. All right, come out. Whoever or whatever you are, if you don't come out in five seconds, I'm going to blast you. One, two. 
Well, I'll be... Hello, I, I'm Marilyn Lee Cross. What are you doing in there? I'm a stowaway. Oh my. Well, what's the matter? I mean, do I have to pay a fine or something? What are you doing here? I wanted to see my husband. Who's your husband? He's with the government survey crew on Woden. I haven't seen him since he left Earth four years ago. Okay, but what made you hide in my EDS? I have a job waiting for me. I'm a mirror. But I heard you were going to Wooden, and there was plenty of room, so I hid. Oh, I knew I'd be breaking some kind of rule, but, well, what's one little rule? Huh, what's one little rule? H amount of fuel will power an EDS with a mass of M safely to its destination. H amount of fuel will not power an EDS with a mass of M plus X safely to its destination. Well, how could she be expected to know? She was 5'2 with brown, curly hair and faint, sweet smell of perfume. She was 5'2 and she smelled like apple blossoms. And her name was X, in an equation that would have to be balanced. This is Barton, Emergency Dispatch Pilot 4G3. Go ahead. Give me Commander Delhart. What's the message, EDS? I have to consult Commander Delhart. The commander is busy. Listen, you squirt. Give me Commander Delhart. One moment, 4G3. Commander Delhart, emergency message from EDS. This is Delhart. What is it? At 0800 hours, I discovered a stowaway aboard my ship. A stowaway? Yes, sir. Well, have you notified ship's records? Not yet, sir. You know the regulations as well as I do. Of course I know the regulations. That's why I'm calling. Barton, what's going on? Sir, this is a girl. A young woman. Oh. She wanted to see her husband on Woden. She didn't know what she was doing. I see. I wondered. Sir... Maybe the cruiser could change course or something. I'm afraid not. We're hundreds of light years apart now. We have a limited fuel supply ourselves with 900 passengers. Is there any chance? No. Okay, Skipper. Better get the information to ship's records. Okay. Barton? Skipper? I'm sorry. Yeah, sure. You cut our acceleration, didn't you? Yes. Why? Save fuel. For a while. How did you manage to stow away? Well, I was taking a language lesson in memories from a girl in the inspection course. The order came down for your trip and, well, I went along on impulse. Oh, it was easy. I'll be a model prisoner, I promise. Oh, if you were only a thief or a spy, it would make it easier. Make what easier? Oh, forget it. Why couldn't she have been somebody with some ulterior motive, a fugitive, hoping to lose himself in the raw new world, a crackpot with a mission? Why did she have to be a woman, a beautiful, kind, trusting woman? Barton, EDS-4G3. Go ahead, 4G3. Identify stowaway. Um, give me your 
identification disc, Miss Cross. Here. Why? It's for the ship's records. Uh, identification number T8374. One moment. This is for the credit card, of course. Yes. I'll need the time. I'll tell you later. That's highly irregular. Then we'll do it in a highly irregular manner. The subject is a young woman. She's listening to everything that's said. Are you capable of understanding that? Oh, go ahead, 4G3. Number T8374-Y54. Name, Marilyn Lee Cross. Female, married, born July 7th, 2160. Good Lord, you're only a child. <laughs> Height. Five feet, two inches. Weight, 110. Hair, brown. Eyes, blue. Complexion, light. Blood type, O. Original destination, Port City, Mimir. Listen, I'll call you back later. Look, miss. Call me Marilyn. Look, Marilyn. I guess I don't... I guess... I guess you don't know what you got yourself into here. Well, it's like this... The ship is carrying Cala Fever Serum to the survey group on Woden. Yes? Their supply was wrecked in a tornado. The fever is always fatal unless the serum is given in the first 48 hours. Now these little ships have exactly enough fuel to reach their destinations. If you stay aboard her, your added weight will cause it to use up all its fuel before it can land. Oh. What happens then? We crash. You die. I die. And six fever victims on Woden die. Can't they send another ship out to meet us? There are no ships to send. Well, I... Oh, no. No. No, you couldn't do that. That's how it has to be. Oh, but that's crazy. I haven't done anything. I haven't hurt anybody. I'm sorry. I I should have told you before, but I wanted to make sure there was no other way. You mean it? You're gonna make me leave this ship? That's how it is. But I'll die. I'll explode. I'll be like those horrible pictures of the people who... Try to understand. I do understand. You're going to kill me, and I didn't do anything. I know you didn't. I know you didn't. That has nothing to do with it. It has everything to do with it. Nobody just dies like that for no reason. Oh, listen. Maybe there are other cruisers. Cruisers you don't know about. Maybe the radio. Maybe it'll... Now listen to me. It's different here. Different from anything you've ever known. On Woden, there are 16 men. 16 men on an entire world. They're fighting. Fighting an alien environment. The environment fights back. You can only make a mistake once. And I made a mistake. Yes. There's no hope of... Absolutely none. You'll have to be put out of the ship. It was better so. With the going of all hope would go the fear. Then would come the resignation. She needed time. And there was so little. EDS, Starship to EDS, need pertinent data. All right, Starship. When do you expect to complete your report? I, I need a computer check. I'll give you statistics. Statistics! This is EDS 4G3. I'm intersecting course vector 7.3 at 0831. Deceleration 1750. Weight 1 ton. 
I would like to stay at point ten as long as the computers allow. Will you give them the question? Check. I'll call you back. We wouldn't have long to wait. The new factors would be fed into the steel maw of the computer bank and the electrical impulses would go through the complex circuits. Here and there, a relay would click, a tiny cog would turn over. But it would be the current, formless, mindless, invisible, which would determine with utter precision how long the pale young girl beside me would live. Five little segments of metal in the second bank would trip against an inked ribbon, and the machine would spit out the answer. You will resume deceleration at 19.10. It was 18.10 when he spoke. One hour. She has one hour to live. One hour. That's it. All I did was hide in a closet, and now you tell me that I have to die. I don't believe it. You might as well get used to it. If this happened back on Earth, a thousand ships would fill the sky. The whole world would know about it. They'd do everything to save me. This isn't Earth. It was such a big dream. Jerry and I separated almost five years ago. We were too young. And I was going to see him, too. To try to make everything all right again. Are... are you married? I was. Oh? She ran off with some guy in the weather service. Do you still think about her? I don't let myself. Where is she? Back on Earth. Look, if, if you don't mind, I'd just as soon talk about something else. Okay. What do you do when you've got an hour to live? What do you talk about? What's Jerry like? Jerry? Oh, he... he's a funny guy. When he found out, I... I mean, about the other fella, he didn't get mad. He... he cried. That was all he felt. Sadness. So you walked all over him. Oh, I thought I wanted him to get mad at me, to be jealous. And now? Oh, I've been thinking about him for five years. So when I heard the ship was going to Wooden and I knew Jerry was there, I stowed away. I didn't know about the fuel. I didn't know this would happen to me. She had violated a man-made law that said, keep out. The penalty was not of man's making or desire. It was not a penalty men could revoke. H amount of fuel will power an EDS with a mass of M safely to its destination. The time was 18.30. 40 minutes. It was beginning to get to me. A space frontier is a rough place, and I'd seen a hundred men die since I left Earth. But this was different. I watched her as she wrote a message to her folks. I watched her as she fought her way through the black horror of fear toward a calm gray of acceptance. And then there it was on the view screen, the planet Woden, a red ball enshrouded in the blue haze of its atmosphere, swimming in space against the background of a star-sprinkled blackness. The chronometer on the instrument panel said 1845. Listen, we're in radio range of Woden now. I mean, would you want me to try to contact your husband? Jerry? It'd mean he would know you're going to die. 
There'd be nothing anyone could do. Yes. I would like to talk to him. Do you think we can? Well, the planet is turning. If his group is on the side facing us, we might be able to reach him. Oh, try. All right. Hello? Hello? Woden? EDS to Government Survey Group. Can you hear me? Come in, Woden. They may not be monitoring. Hello? Hello? Identify yourself, please. This is Government Survey Group 1 on Planet Woden. This is John Barton, EDS pilot. Do you have the serum? Yes. How bad is it? One man died last night. Six have the fever. How long will it take to... I start deceleration at 1910 hours. I should be able to land at 1930. Thank God. Uh, look, do you have a Gerald Cross in charge of the group? Yes, y- yes we do. Can I speak to him? He isn't here. He's uh, out with the survey team. Well, when do you expect him? Can't say. How do you read me? How much time do we have left for communication? Less than 15 minutes. Alright, if Commander Cross comes back before we lose radio contact, will you have him buzz me? It's important. Okay, EDS. I'll keep the set open. The minutes passed like small bits of eternity. On the view screen, I could see Manning's continent sprawled like a gigantic hourglass in the eastern sea. There was a thin line of shadow where it was beginning to disappear as the planet turned around on its axis. I looked at the pale woman next to me and thought of another woman, long ago, who sat next to me and cried because I wouldn't try to understand. What had she written in those letters back home? What would they think of the faceless unknown pilot who'd sent her to her death? What would I think of myself? Alone, nights reliving this voyage. Cold, isn't it? I'll turn up the thermostat. Nothing from Jerry. We have about two minutes left for radio contact. Maybe it's better... I mean, suppose it were you and your wife tried to call you. How would you feel? I don't know. Do you ever hear from her? I got a letter about a year ago. I tore it up. That was foolish. Yes, it was. Life is so terribly short to be wandering around alone. Well, I... I... Wait a second. We're getting something. How much time before... Before I have to leave the ship? About ten minutes. Hello? EDS? Hello, EDS. Come in. Come in. EDS. This is Woden. I have Commander Cross. Hello? This is Commander Cross. Jerry Cross? Yes. I have someone for you. Go ahead. Jerry? Who is it? It's me. Marilyn. Marilyn? I wanted to see you again. I... Stowed away on the EDS. What? But Marilyn! It doesn't matter, Jerry. All that matters is that I can tell you all the things I've kept inside for so long. Jerry, I want you to know. I've... I've never forgotten. Oh, it's been so many years. I can't believe it. I thought I'd see you again, but now I can't. Jerry, 
You don't hate me, do you? Hate you? Oh, Marilyn, I've never stopped loving you, not for an instant. Oh, Jerry. There isn't. Let me talk to the pilot. Give it to me. Uh, hello. Pilot, have you called the mothership? Did you have them check with the computers? I've done everything. You've been on the frontier long enough to know the setup in an EDS. Oh, dear God. There's got to be something, some way. Do you think I'd let this happen if I wasn't sure? He tried to help me, Jerry. He tried. And it really doesn't matter. I'm not frightened anymore. Not now. But, but, but how did you get here? I, I, I don't understand. Well, I was going to Mimir to take a job, I thought. And, well, now I realize I was just going to be closer to where you were. Oh, Jerry, all this time. Don't. Let me tell you something, Marilyn. I've always known you'd come back to me. I've known it every minute. It's what kept me alive. I want you to hold that in your mind. Jerry, I... I can't hear you. We, we haven't much time. We'll lose the radio contact. Jerry? Oh, 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 don't cry, darling. Just, just know how I feel. I do. It's fading. There's so many things to say, Jerry, if you can still hear me. Maybe I'll come see you again. Maybe I'll come to you in your dreams, or on the touch of a breeze, or one of those golden-winged little birds singing my silly head off. Maybe I'll be nothing you can see or hear, but... But you'll know I'm there. Think of me like that, Jerry. <laughs> Goodbye. Goodbye, my darling. She sat motionless in the hush that followed, and she looked at me. Now... Now. I pulled down the black lever and the inner door of the lock slid open. She walked with her head up and brown curls brushing her shoulders. I let her do it alone. She stepped into the lock and turned to face me, and I could see the pulse in her throat. I'm ready. I pulled the red lever and there was a slight waver as the air gushed out. I thought I sensed a bump, as if something had bumped the outer door, and then there was nothing. The white hand of the closet temperature control was back at zero. A cold equation had been balanced, and I was alone in the ship. You've just heard the OTR recreation of X-1's adaptation of The Cold Equations, originally presented in 1955. 
Our main cast for this show, Brian Bochicchio as Barton, Gwendolyn Jensen Woodard as Marilyn, Stevie Farnaby as Jerry Cross, and Lothar Tuppen as Commander Delhart. Also featured are the voice talents of Chris Barnes, David Sabkoyak, Jack Ward, and Paul Mannering. Stay with us. The original 1955 version is up next. I'm your announcer, Brian Bochicchio. You can find me on Twitter as Warhorse Audio or at my website, www.warhorseaudio.com, where you can find Creative Commons audio for your own productions. Thank you for listening to this Broken Sea Audio production. And as Bill always says, OTR rocks! And that's this week's performance for the Sonic Summerstock Playhouse. All productions, performances, characters and scripts presented in the Playhouse belong strictly to their copyright holders, and no copyright infringement is assumed or intended. The Sonic Summerstock Playhouse is part of the Sonic Society podcast and Electric Vicuna Productions. Any shows that continue their run must have explicit permission from all parties involved. Join us next week at the Playhouse for another classic performance. With thanks to this week's host, I am your announcer, David Alt. From me, good night. Stinky the Elf, coming to you from the North Pole. You know, Santa Claus's workshop, right? Well, I've been asked to convey a special message to you that my boss, Santa Claus, that's right, the jolly old fat guy in the red suit, wants to hear from all the little boys and girls out there. Here's an opportunity to tell him your Christmas list and any other special holiday message you got. And on Fridays, starting the day after Thanksgiving, my boss will read your message out loud on a new podcast called Santa's Inbox, exclusively on the Mutual Network. He'll mention your first name only, plus the town you're from, and then read your email out loud so everybody can hear it. Ain't that exciting? Yeah, Sandy told me that he used to read letters from kids on the radio back in the day, but I told him, I'm only 300 years old. I can't remember that far back. <laughs> okay, what else? Oh, yeah, this offer is open to anybody. Kids, grown-ups, the young at heart, anybody who wants to send a special message or a dedication to anybody else. So anyways, start sending Santa Claus your emails now to santas.xmas.inbox at gmail.com. That's S-A-N-T-A-S dot X-M-A-S dot I-N-B-O-X at gmail.com. 
Kids, please ask your folks to send your email for you.